0: Hey everyone! Welcome back to Writing in the Margins. This is KP and you're listening to Episode 3, The Girl with the Viking Tattoo. Thanks for joining me today, everyone. Um, I'm going to try and keep this episode a little more lighthearted compared to the last two episodes. I know it's been about a week since I recorded uh, and published the last two, but life has been a little crazy on my end. its uh, I've been meaning to write this for a while, but my brain was kind of in a fog. So, finally getting to it. Uh, yeah, so, a while ago, I got a tattoo, and surprise, it was of a Viking. I think uh, the title was probably a little spoiler alert for you. But um, if you haven't seen it yet, I'll post it on my Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Patriot underscore girl 76. I'll try and remember to post it in the description this time. Um, I absolutely love this tattoo, by the way. I am so obsessed with it. I'll sit and stare at it and trace the lines. It's so beautiful. So the tattoo, if you don't have Instagram or haven't seen it, Um, it's the Norse goddess, uh, Freya and her falcon companion. And Freya is the goddess of war and beauty. And she has an afterlife realm similar to Valhalla. Actually, half of all warriors slain in battle, uh, went to Valhalla. The other half went, uh, with Freya. She actually got to pick her half first. So, fun little fact for you. Um, But I got this tattoo because I have become so fascinated with Vikings lately. I discovered it through the symbol, uh, the Vegvisir, which is the Norse compass. They believe that if you had the Vegvisir with you at all times, um, you would find your way even in stormy weather. And it kind of goes more deeper into um, this idea that You'll either get to where you want or you'll get to where you need. But regardless, the universe will put you where it needs to. And it spoke a lot to me. I decided to start doing more research. I purchased some books. I did a lot of reading. I actually listened to some Viking podcasts. <laughs> I'm obsessed with podcasts, if you can't tell. So, um, yeah, like the symbol, you know... It it meant a lot to me. And the more I did my research, the more I just fell in love with this culture and a lot of things that Vikings stood for. And warrior culture in general. This idea of, like, sticking to your family and your friends and your morals, even if, you know, it means putting yourself in harm or possibly dying. So, uh, you know, I did research... I found that I loved Freya, and I've always had a thing for falcons and birds of prey. I I think they're just beautiful. You know, we live in the United States with our bald eagles. Uh, So, I decided to just jump into it, and I got a tattoo, and the artist did an amazing job. And ever since then, uh, you know, I've kind of tried to embody this warrior spirit in me with This self-discovery journey, whatever you want to call it, that I'm on right now. Just trying to find a more fulfilling life. I found that embodying this warrior spirit has helped me get through a lot more that I couldn't have gotten through easily prior. So for an example, uh, I mentioned in the last episodes that I've been having seizures and migraines and other stuff that went along with that. So I went to a neurologist to try and get this taken care of because it's not like they're really fun and something you just kind of want to put off. And the neurologist recommended me for an EEG, which if you don't know what that is, they put like little metal, I don't know, electrodes on your head and try and like induce a seizure to see what part of your brain it's coming from. I wasn't really thrilled about this, I'm not gonna lie, uh, something, I don't know, Going the idea of going to a hospital and getting these tests done just kind of freaked me out. And because of the time, I had to go alone. There was nobody that could come, hold my hand, while I cried, whatever. <laughs> it's not that it was even painful, I just don't like interacting with others, don't like being touched. So. The day before, the night before, I was a nervous wreck. I was constantly like, I don't want to go, I don't want to do this. I had to be sleep deprived, so I had to stay up until, you know, the wee hours of the morning. And the entire time, I just sat there pouting and crying and and being annoying about it. And in the morning, the sun came up, and... As the sunflower I am, I started to feel a little better. But I still didn't want to go. And I was kind of pouting about it, you know, complaining to people. And I just kind of had this thought in my head. Like, I looked down at my tattoo and I was like, you know what? Vikings didn't have this option to pout about going to the doctor. They had to jump into battle fearlessly. Otherwise, you know... Kill or be killed. And obviously, not every Viking was on a ship. There was some back at home in their communities. But there wasn't sitting around and being sorry for yourself. Everybody had a job to keep the community alive. Otherwise, you know, get out of here. Like, if you're just going to sit and pout all day and feed off of the labors of others, like, get out. So I had like a complete 360 change of thought. And to me, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. It's going to suck, but it'll be quick, relatively. So I started reading. I have like a Norse mythology book that I got uh, that just kind of goes through like the stories of the different gods and goddesses and all this. And I just kind of switched my mind and said, you know be a warrior today like viking up i think is something that i kept like saying something i say even now and for a second i was like okay cool this is you know let's let's do something new uh not that i really wanted to but i was like you know what change your attitude about it and the whole experience will change and it did i got in the car with confidence and i started driving uh to this hospital and actually, I saw a bird of prey on my way to the hospital. I'm not sure if it was a falcon or a hawk or whatever it was. Um, it was kind of like this. I don't know if you believe in signs. To me, it was a sign. Like, everything's going to be fine. I have a falcon tattooed on my hip now. and And here's this falcon, you know, flying above me as I go. And... So, you know, I, I get to the hospital and I walk in with confidence. I say, I got this, no worries, you know, they're just trying to help, we're going to get this figured out and then you won't have to deal with it anymore. And it completely changed my experience with the nurses, with the doctors, the technicians, and with myself. Like I had a good conversation with the lady uh, gluing like the the metal things to my head, which is rare for me. I don't. Frequently talk to strangers <laughs> and um, I kept myself calm the entire time so you know everything goes as it needs to and she like pulls out these electrodes and there's so much glue in my hair if you don't know I have ridiculously long and bright blue hair and I sit up and like this glue has my hair sticking straight up She's like, you can wash it out with water, it's fine. No. That was a lie. I washed it three times at home. My hair is frizzy as all can be. It was knotted. There was glue all over in it. I freaked out a bit. I thought, this is not when I was being a Viking. <laughs> because Vikings probably didn't complain about their hair being knotted. They just put it in a braid and let it go. So... um. But we all have our faults. It's, it's a girl thing, I think, and it, with all the stress I had from the day, I think it's pretty reasonable. So, for the first time though, after I got home, I was so proud of myself. I am such a critic to myself. I play piano and nothing's ever good enough on the piano. I draw and paint and do embroidery and everything else and nothing's you know, nothing's as perfect as it could be. Um Even just as a human, I critique myself so hard. But for the first time, I was so proud of myself because this was something that would knock me down for, you know, days, a week, more at a time. And I would be stressed about, you know, my interaction with the technician or the, you know, the cost of, of the test or is everything going to be okay? What's wrong? but i just kind of let it go and it happened and i moved on and i recently read this quote i don't think it's actually from you know norse culture but it said uh, i am iron and i will forge myself and it spoke a lot to me because you can't control your outside environment all the time i can't control that i'm having migraines and seizures yeah I could control whether or not I go to this test, but then the migraines and seizures are just gonna get worse. So I kind of focused on like what I can control, and it was my attitude, my attitude towards it, um, my behaviors, and you know, just the way I approached everything, and it completely changed the experience. So the next morning, I woke up and I mentioned all the glue in my hair. It had like settled overnight. And turned uh, like 28 inches long of hair into a big tangled mess and I thought I was gonna have to shave my hair because there was no getting it out and, uh, and then my house was kind of a mess so I was freaked out about that and before this test you couldn't take any medication so my body kind of freaked out and had like a serotonin dump from not taking you know SSRIs from before and just a mix of emotions anyway. So I get a call from the doctor, find out everything's normal on, you know, the, the EEG, even though there was seizure activity. So I was, like, kind of angry, kind of upset, kind of relieved, on top of everything else. And I lay on the floor and cried. You know, I'm going to be very vulnerable in these. And I'm just going to say, like, it was a temper tantrum. I threw a temper tantrum on the floor cried, screamed, I was throwing paper and then it hit me like what are you doing? (laughs) Laying on the floor crying is not going to change anything. It's not going to change my attitude. It's not going to change my hair. It's not going to change the results. It's not going to clean the house. So what's the point? There's no point in putting my efforts into crying on the floor. So I got up And I've always been at peace in nature, so I decided I'm going to go on a walk and listen to uh, this podcast I'm hooked on right now. Um, I recommend you listen to Back Builders by Forrest Munden. He's the guy that created Salty Soldier, and, uh, he's been, like, he's inspired this podcast, and he's been getting me through a lot of stuff. So, I also recommend giving him a listen, uh. So I go on this walk, listen to my podcast, and my mind instantly starts to clear. It starts to reason with myself. And I was still emotional. I was still angry and sad. But it wasn't to the point I couldn't control my actions. I couldn't control my thought. And get back from my walk, and I start feeling the stress again. I see see my house. I see my hair. So I kind of just, like, shut my phone off for a bit. Uh... Everyone was kind of asking, how did everything go, you know, what were the results, which I appreciate. I love the people that check in on me. I absolutely adore them all. Um, But talking about it before I could even process it was kind of adding to the problem. So I kind of shut my phone off for a bit and I decided to draw, which is something that really calms me. And surprise, I drew a warrior. Because I just, I, w- I wanted to, you know, once again feel connected to this warrior culture. To these ancestors that fought so hard to get to where we are today. Where we can have these little problems and throw fits over these little problems. And after I get done drawing, I'm like, okay, my mood feels good. Like, I, you know, I'm kind of the roller coaster of, of angry, sad, relieved, Has kind of slowed down. Um, So I was like okay. What's the next thing I can solve? My hair. I wasn't solving it myself. The more I combed it. The more I was pulling it out. The more this glue or whatever. Was causing problems. So I called the girl that does my hair. She told me come on in. And six hairstylists. All at once. Start working on my hair. And it was so humbling. To see them come together and like figure this problem out. They ended up getting it figured out. (laughs) Surprise. Um, Didn't have to shave my hair (laughs) and it looked fantastic. Like it, it was amazing and just the support I received from these women. I typically don't spend a lot of time with women. It's just a personal preference I guess and I don't have a lot of girlfriends. So seeing people you know mostly strangers that came together to help me solve this problem like it's okay to ask for help and you know so now my attitude's changed my hair's changed and I needed to go get groceries so I was like okay cool next step on my list and go get groceries ended up buying flowers because they make me happy um treat yourself a bit you know it's five dollars for flowers like not, not anything big, but they made me so happy, and now when I look at them, I think of that joy that I get, um, you know, from them, and it kind of lifts my spirits, so, and, you know, and then even today, like, my car got broken into, uh, and, you know, I, I was headed to work, and I found out that there was, like, a video of these people breaking into my car, they had some kind of device that, like, unlocked it from the outside, and they just stole a cable (laughs) from my car. Like, who does that? Nothing else was stolen, just this cable, and I could either be pissed about it, and I could throw a fit, you know, I did, I did post it online so that others knew, and I reported it to the police, but, you know, I could sit here and, and overreact and be mad and let it ruin my day. But I'm just kinda of laughing at it now. Like of all the things to happen, you know, I got my car broken into and I didn't even know it because they just unlocked it. They didn't break anything. Um they could have stolen a lot worse. They could have stolen the whole vehicle and they took an auxiliary cable that cost like five dollars if that and it was super old and kinda of gross. So Um, I'm just, like, trying to keep in mind lately, I guess, the, to, to just, you know, maintain a positive attitude. People often say, fake it till you make it, and that's catch-22 for me, because I did fake it for a while, and that's what covered up my depression. Uh, so, if something's really wrong, please address it. Don't just, you know, put a happy smile on it and continue. But... If it's just something that seems big but really minuscule in relation to the rest of your life or you can't change it, then change your attitude. That's the one thing you can change. Um, I recently made this shirt that has the veg on in the front that I mentioned earlier. And then um, on the back it has a quote that says, I am not a warrior because I will always win. I am a warrior because I will always fight. And I love that shirt. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so true because I could have, you know, said, screw the doctors, I'm not going, and, and not have gone. Yeah, I would have won in that battle between not wanting to go and going, but it wouldn't have done any good. So, you know... And, and it wouldn't have made me a warrior. A warrior is somebody who's going to fight. And I did. I fought my emotions and I fought my anxiety. And I toughed it up, buttercup. and I went. So, um, and please don't think I'm, like, sitting here trying to tell you how to live your life. I cringe at a lot of those, like, self-help books, especially the super cheesy, like, please use the next 30 pages to write down your thoughts. And you just paid 50 bucks for that book. Uh, (laughs) Because a lot of it is just human perception. And what works for one person doesn't always work for another person. But I'm just trying to get out my human experience. When I went to college, I was a history major at first. Because I absolutely loved the idea of sharing the human experience. And I still do. I'm a history buff. I absolutely adore reading history. I mean, I pick up a book about Norse mythology for fun. So I'm just trying to get my human experience out there because while not everybody may relate to it, somebody may. And to me, that's completely worth it. So next time, you know, you're having a bad day or, I don't know, you you don't want to do something, maybe just change your mindset, you know, warrior up. Viking up, I think, is what I've been saying lately. Uh, Fight with the power of Freya. Uh, (laughs) Which is what I keep saying because I have a Freya tattoo. Uh, And I'm not saying go get a tattoo of whatever empowers you. I just love tattoos and she was gorgeous. So, but just give it a try. If it doesn't work, you know, maybe find something else that empowers you. Maybe it's not a Viking per se, but... Maybe it's somebody in your family. You know, fight for them or be better for them. So, give it a try. Um Let me know, too, like, what your thoughts are on it. If if you agree, if it worked for you, if it didn't. I want to know, you know, everything. Um Sharing our experiences helps others. So, yeah, I hope you all have a good day. And I will talk to you later. Hey everyone, this is KP and you're listening to episode four of Writing in the Margins. Go forge yourself. Hey everyone, it's been quite a while since I last made a podcast, uh, but I'm back. I have been so busy and really just had no ambition to record a podcast for a while but I got a new microphone. If you notice a change in the audio, um, I give that all thanks to my bestie who's out there supporting my dreams. So now that I have this, I'm super excited to start recording again. I have a huge list of topics that I kind of want to touch on. Uh, and I think this episode is going to push a lot uh, into future episodes. I might make this actually a two-parter or go into more detail. So please let me know. If you don't have my contact information, I have an Instagram. It's at patria underscore girl 76. I will leave it in the description so you can come contact me on there. If you have any ideas for podcasts or you have uh, opinions or you even want to collaborate, I'd love to get started talking with other people and getting you on the podcast as well. So this episode is called Go Forge Yourself, and it's a little bit of a play off of my last episode, The Girl with the Viking Tattoo. I said the quote in there, I am iron and I will forge myself, and that's what this comes from. I'm going to talk about a pretty controversial topic, um, so if anybody is offended by it um, or they don't agree, please just let me know. I'm not here to like cause you know, cause you any emotional distress or to upset you or anything. This is just my opinion and I think it needs to be said because it could open up for a um, pretty big discussion. So, if you don't agree or if you do agree, please let me know. I'd love to start talking with other people about what they think. So, this topic is going to be mostly on, um, like, victimization in society. We as society, have been focusing a lot on uh, victims of, like, sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, even things like catcalling, and it's pretty much taken over our social media, I feel like, um, with movements such as the hashtag MeToo movement or the hashtag I believe you. Um, I believe there's merit in these different movements, but I also believe that social media is a big way to be whoever you want and there's really no like holding you to your word from you know from what you say on media so um this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today I'm going to call it uh, victimization versus warriorism because I think this is how I want to set the two different kinds of movements apart Uh, Now, before I go any further, um, I need to say that I am a survivor of an abusive relationship, so I understand where people are coming from. Uh, This man was in my life for more than four years, and he made such a significant impact on who I am today. Many of my mannerisms, uh, my beliefs, my reserves, even my relationships on the daily are a result of... The relationship I had with this toxic individual. So like I said, I understand speaking out against violence. It's not something that needs to be hidden or you need to be ashamed of. Um, And it's not just for women as well. It's for men. So I, you know, just want to throw that caveat out there is I'm not just talking to talk. I understand where these people are coming from. Um, So uh pretty popular trend in society today are marches and parades for certain types of victims. Um, So a couple episodes ago, I talked about the Out of the Darkness Walk. And that was a walk to help end suicide. And I need to set that as apart from what I'm talking about today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Slut Walk here in Denver. I think it happens in other cities as well but I'm only going to talk about what I know. Um, But cancer walks, uh, you know, this this victims of suicide walk, I believe these need to be set apart because they're to more cause like an uplifting spirit, I think, to bring people together for a common cause. Whereas um, the slut walk is um, really to provide a... I don't know, an impact, a um, an example to end the stigma that your clothes are not consent for rape or sexual assault, anything like that. And I really do agree with this. I don't think um, any man or woman, depending on what they're wearing, should, you know, automatically says that, that they're willing to have sex or whatever. Like, you need consent. I totally agree with that. Um, But for these marches, the way they get the point across, really, um, at least for a lot of the participants, they wear little to no clothing. Um, If you look it up, there's people that are wearing nothing but pasties or they've just painted over their privates. And yes, it's very dramatic, and it gets the point out that, you know, just because they're dressed in literally nothing doesn't mean they're still consenting to sex. So I understand that. Um, But I also believe there's more effective ways of causing change. Um, I studied history a lot in college, and so I understand the historical context in which a lot of these marches are coming from. I, I understand that it's, you know, this is how change has been started all across the world. So, really is a place for movements like this. But what I'm trying to get at is this, this next part, this taking action part, because you can say what you want, all you want, Um, But it doesn't mean anything's necessarily going to change. And especially the people that are like out here causing rape and different stuff like this. Like, they're not going to care if you're out there on the streets prancing around yelling. They're going to keep doing what they're doing because there's the opportunity for it to happen. Um, So this is, I guess, where where my opinion starts. Um, when I decided to leave my abusive relationship, it was around 2013 and 2014. I was a freshman in college, and I think if you've ever, like, met anybody in a, that had been in an abusive relationship or Uh, you were in one yourself, it's not always easy to leave them, which is why I say like 2013 to 2014, because it did take a while to really kind of remove myself from the situation, um, even though I was, you know, distanced from him. So after I tried to leave, I kind of made this promise to myself to do everything in my power to never be a victim again. I was so blinded by his... His abuse and his um, manipulations. I didn't even realize how bad it had gotten until I got out, and I never ever wanted to be a quote unquote victim again. And I think that's what really sets me apart from the crowd is that I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Um, so since I was in college, you know, you have to take like so many general education courses. And one of them was self-defense. So I jumped at the opportunity to take this self-defense class because I wanted to make sure uh, I had skills for, you know, if and when he did come back or if somebody like him were ever to come back and try to, you know, make me a victim again. So having the knowledge and being able to practice skills to protect myself uh, in this, in you know, future situations not only changed my opinion of myself but I felt way more confident prior to these classes I wouldn't go outside after dark I want to be left alone in rooms with only one other person or even with the door closed Uh, but after one more class I felt empowered to walk with my head held high and interact with others try and be friends and just be more confident in general because I knew that with these new skills even if somebody did try to victimize me, I had the ability to try and stop it again. Um, So today, I don't know, I often hear women on how they're like afraid to walk alone at night because of the threat of being harmed. And yes, like this threat totally exists. I felt it. I mean, you know, I'm not denying it. Like it's not even just for women. Men can feel it too. Everybody feels it. If you're walking alone at night in an alley and you can't see what's ahead of you or what's behind you, you're going to feel a little heightened, you know, in, in insecurity because you don't, like, the threat is there. It's human nature. Um, but if you have the skills, you know, if, if somebody were to approach you in this alley, if you have the skills to at least defend yourself, you can walk with greater confidence. And, um, you know, please don't, take self-defense classes and just go throw yourself in an alley, try and avoid that. Uh, But if you were ever to find yourself in a situation, I mean, it happens. Even if you don't mean to end up in a situation like that, it happens. Um, But having those skills makes you better prepared to handle it. So ever since taking that first self-defense class, I've like constantly self-educated. I watch YouTube videos on what to do in certain situations. I worked in a psych hospital, and they taught you, you know, takedowns and self-defense, which, you know, helped a lot. I try and stay physically fit so that if something, you know, if somebody were to try to harm me, I at least have strength to defend myself. Um, And, you know, I just, I maintain situational awareness. I think that's the biggest one, is just don't put yourself in those situations to begin with. If somebody's sending you really bad vibes, don't you know, don't hang out with them or, you know, don't throw yourself in an alley, you know, at night. Um, but like I said, it does happen. Um, but in general, I just maintain this warrior spirit. So, you know, I talk a lot about Viking culture and, and maintaining that Viking spirit, spirit. Um, I talked about it in the girl with the Viking tattoo and in their culture, Nordic men and women, were constantly training and they were always on their feet like at any given time whether you know they were traveling the seas or they were at home something could go wrong and everybody had to step up to survive so you know my greatest question is why can't we do that now for example about a year ago I had a friend tell me she'd been shoved and had her hair pulled by her ex-boyfriend out of anger and you know she she said she'd never been more scared um And she was afraid to be in a relationship with anyone else because of the way he made her feel. And, you know, while I couldn't take away those feelings for her or even make the situation right, I mean, I could show up at his doorstep and, you know, threaten him or or hurt him or whatever, but it really wouldn't take away what happened. Um, So instead, I showed her self-defense. It took less than five minutes, and I showed her exactly what to do if anyone ever grabbed her hair again. There's certain techniques for getting... Somebody to let go of your hair and then putting yourself in a less vulnerable situation. And I mean, it, like I said, less than five minutes out of my day. And after that, she felt so much better. Uh, she couldn't take away the feelings that she did have. Um, but she said her fear wasn't what had happened in the moment, but it was what could have happened and how powerless she felt. But now after giving her these tools, she felt, you know, like she had power again. Like if anybody tried to hurt her, she, you know, that power was put back into her hands and she could take control again. So, you know, I didn't go marching around and yelling about how much of an injustice, you know, she experienced and how all the violence needs to stop. Um, because like I said, the people committing the violence, they won't really care. Her ex-boyfriend, I could text him all I want, and he probably wouldn't even think twice about me telling him, you know, what he did was wrong. So instead, I put the power back into her. I educated her, and, you know, now we have, like, this special bond because her and I both understand what it takes to be a survivor, to be that warrior, Uh, Which is going back to the whole victimization versus warriorism. She could go to a march or post on Facebook about, you know, how she'd been hurt. Um, And, you know, yes, it would get her experience out there, but no change would come. Whereas, you know, I taught her how to defend herself. And if the situation were to ever arise again, she wouldn't become a victim. She would be a warrior. And, you know, I think we need to do that as society. Offer more free self-defense classes or just teach each other how to protect themselves. Make it harder to become a victim. You know, um, we need to make it less easy to victimize people. If, you know, one offender has victimized 13 women because he stands outside of the bar and waits for them to be drunk... He's going to keep doing it because nobody's stopping him. You know, he hasn't gotten caught by law enforcement. Nobody, you know, has stopped him. None of the women have stopped him. But if we start teaching everyone, men, women, children, to defend themselves, and one day he picks the wrong person and they beat him up, you know, he's going to think twice now, hopefully. But if it happens again and again and again where men and women stand up for each other and they defend themselves, pretty soon it's going to be harder to victimize people. Um, so this is for women, men, and children. Place power back in the good people and not the bad. Teach those out there that find that it's okay to, and fun to victimize others that it's not so easy anymore. Um, you know, I will say the quote again and again and again. I am iron. I will forge myself. So get out there and forge yourself. Make yourself stronger for your next fight. Make yourself sharper. Be the fire that makes someone else more prepared for battle. Build a nation of fighters, true fighters. People who take action instead of just speaking words on what they believe in. This is KP. I'll talk to you next time. Hey everyone, this is KP and you're listening to episode four of Writing in the Margins. Go forge yourself. Hey everyone. It's been quite a while since I last made a podcast, uh, but I'm back. I have been so busy and really just had no ambition to record a podcast for a while, but I got a new microphone. If you notice a change in the audio, um, I give that all thanks to my bestie who's out there supporting my dreams. So now that I have this, I'm super excited to start recording again. I have a huge list of topics that I kind of want to touch on, uh, And I think this episode is going to push a lot uh, into future episodes. I might make this actually a two-parter or go into more detail. So please let me know. Uh, If you don't have my contact information, I have an Instagram. It's at patria__girl76. I will leave it in the description so you can come contact me on there. If you have any ideas for podcasts or you have... Uh, opinions or you even want to collaborate Um, I'd love to get started talking with other people and getting you on the podcast as well so this episode is called go forge yourself and it's a little bit of a play off of my last episode the girl with the viking tattoo I said the quote in there I am iron and I will forge myself and that's what this comes from I'm going to talk about a pretty controversial topic. Um, so if anybody is offended by it um, or they don't agree, please just let me know. I'm not here to like cause, you know, cause you any emotional distress or to upset you or anything. This is just my opinion, and I think it needs to be said because it could open up for a um, pretty big discussion. So if you don't agree or if you do agree, please let me know. I'd love to start talking with other people about what they think. So this topic is going to be mostly on um, like, victimization in society. We, as society, have been focusing a lot on uh, victims of like, sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, even things like catcalling, um, and it's pretty much taken over our social media, I feel like, um, with movements such as the hashtag Me Too movement or the hashtag I Believe You. Um, I believe there's merit in these different movements, but I also believe that social media is a big way to be whoever you want, and there's really no, like, holding you to your word from you know, from what you say on media. So um, this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to call it uh, victimization versus warriorism because I think this is how I want to set the two different kinds of movements apart. Uh, Now, before I go any further, um, I need to say that I am a survivor of an abusive relationship. So I understand where people are coming from. Uh, this man was in my life for more than four years, and he made such a significant impact on who I am today. Many of my mannerisms, uh, my beliefs, my reserves, even my relationships on the daily are a result of the relationship I had with this toxic individual. So like I said, I understand speaking out against violence. It's not something that needs to be hidden or you need to be ashamed of. Um, And it's not just for women as well. It's for men. So I, you know, just want to throw that caveat out there is I'm not just talking to talk. I understand where these people are coming from. Um, so a pretty popular trend in society today are marches and parades for certain types of victims. Um, so, A couple episodes ago, I talked about the Out of the Darkness walk, and that was a walk to help end suicide. And I need to set that as apart from what I'm talking about today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Slut Walk here in Denver. I think it happens in other cities as well, but I'm only going to talk about what I know. Um, But cancer walks, uh, you know, this, this Victims of Suicide walk... I believe these need to be set apart because they're to more cause like an uplifting spirit, I think, to bring people together for a common cause. Whereas um, the slut walk is um, really to provide a, I don't know, an impact, a, um, an example to end the stigma that your clothes are not consent for rape or sexual assault, anything like that. And I really do agree with this. I don't think um, any man or woman, depending on what they're wearing, should, you know, automatically says that that they're willing to have sex or whatever. Like, you need consent. I totally agree with that. Um, but for these marches, the way they get the point across, really, um, at least for a lot of the participants, they wear little to no clothing. Um, if you look it up, there's people that are wearing nothing but pasties or they've just painted over their privates. Um, and yes, it's very dramatic and it gets the point out that, you know, just because they're dressed in literally nothing doesn't mean they're still consenting to sex. So I understand that. Um, but I also believe there's more effective ways of causing change. Um, I studied history a lot in college. And so I understand the historical context in which a lot of these marches are coming from. I I understand that it's, you know, this is how change has been started all across the world. So really is a place for movements like this. But what I'm trying to get at is this this next part, this taking action part. Because you can say what you want, all you want, um, but it doesn't mean anything's necessarily going to change. And especially the people that are like out here causing rape and different stuff like this, like they're not going to care if you're out there on the streets prancing around yelling. They're going to keep doing what they're doing because there's the opportunity for it to happen. Um, so this is, I guess, where, where my opinion starts. Um, when I decided to leave my abusive relationship, it was around 2013 and 2014. I was a freshman in college, and I think if you've ever, like, met anybody in a that had been in an abusive relationship, or uh, you were in one yourself, it's not always easy to leave them, which is why I say like 2013 to 2014, because it did take a while to really kind of remove myself from the situation, um, even though I was, you know, distance from him. So after I tried to leave, I kind of made this promise to myself to do everything in my power to never be a victim again. I was so blinded by his his abuse and his um, manipulations. I didn't even realize how bad it had gotten until I got out. And I never, ever wanted to be a quote-unquote victim again. And I think that's what really sets me apart from the crowd is that I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Um, so since I was in college, you know, You have to take like so many general education courses. And one of them was self defense. So I jumped at the opportunity to take this self defense class because I wanted to make sure uh, I had skills for, you know, if and when he did come back or if somebody like him were ever to come back and try to, you know, make me a victim again. So having the knowledge and being able to practice skills to protect myself. In this, in you know, future situations, not only changed my opinion of myself, but I felt way more confident. Prior to these classes, I wouldn't go outside after dark. I want to be left alone in rooms with only one other person, or even with the door closed. Uh, But after one more class, I felt empowered to walk with my head held high and interact with others, try and be friends, and just be more confident in general, because. I knew that with these new skills, even if somebody did try to victimize me, I had the ability to try and stop it again. Um, So today, I don't know, I often hear women on how they're like afraid to walk alone at night because of the threat of being harmed. And yes, like this threat totally exists. I felt it. I mean you know, I'm not denying it. Like it's not even just for women. Men can feel it too. Everybody feels it. If you're walking alone at night in an alley and you can't see what's ahead of you or what's behind you, you're going to feel a little heightened, you know, in, in, insecurity because you don't like the threat is there. It's human nature. Um, but if you have the skills, you know, If somebody were to approach you in this alley, if you have the skills to at least defend yourself, you can walk with greater confidence. And, um, you know, please don't take self-defense classes and just go throw yourself in an alley. Try and avoid that. Uh, But if you were ever to find yourself in a situation, I mean, it happens. Even if you don't mean to end up in a situation like that, it happens. Um, But having those skills makes you better prepared to handle it. So, ever since taking that first self-defense class, I've, like, constantly self-educated. I watch YouTube videos on what to do in certain situations. I worked in a psych hospital, and they taught you, you know, takedowns and self-defense, which, you know, helped a lot. I try and stay physically fit so that if something, you know, if somebody were to try to harm me, I at least have strength to defend myself, um... And, you know, I just, I maintain situational awareness. I think that's the biggest one is just don't put yourself in those situations to begin with. If somebody's sending you really bad vibes, don't, you know, don't hang out with them. Or, you know, don't throw yourself in an alley, you know, at night. Um, But like I said, it does happen. Um, But in general, I just maintain this warrior spirit. So, you know, I talk a lot about viking culture and and maintaining that viking spirit spirit um i talked about it in the girl with the viking tattoo and in their culture nordic men and women were constantly training and they were always on their feet like at any given time whether you know they were traveling the seas or they were at home something could go wrong and everybody had to step up to survive so you know my greatest question is why can't we do that now for example, about a year ago, I had a friend tell me she'd been shoved and had her hair pulled by her ex-boyfriend out of anger. And, you know, she she said she'd never been more scared. Um, and she was afraid to be in a relationship with anyone else because of the way he made her feel. And, you know, while I couldn't take away those feelings for her or even make the situation right, I mean, I could show up at his doorstep and you know, threaten him or or hurt him or whatever, but it really wouldn't take away what happened. Um, So instead, I showed her self-defense. It took less than five minutes, and I showed her exactly what to do if anyone ever grabbed her hair again. There's certain techniques for getting somebody to let go of your hair and then putting yourself in a less vulnerable situation. And I mean, it, like I said, less than five minutes out of my day, and after that, she felt so much better. Uh, She couldn't, take away the feelings that she did have Um, but she said her fear wasn't what had happened in the moment but it was what could have happened and how powerless she felt but now after giving her these tools she felt you know like she had power again like if anybody tried to hurt her she you know that power was put back into her hands and she could take control again so you know I didn't go marching around and Yelling about how much of an injustice, you know, she experienced and how all the violence needs to stop. Um, Because, like I said, the people committing the violence, they won't really care. Her ex-boyfriend, I could text him all I want and he probably wouldn't even think twice about me telling him, you know, what he did was wrong. So instead, I put the power back into her. I educated her and, you know, now we have like this special bond because her and I both understand what it takes to be a survivor, to be that warrior, Uh, which is going back to the whole victimization versus warriorism. She could go to a march or post on Facebook about, you know, how she'd been hurt. Um, And, you know, yes, it would get her experience out there, but no change would come. Whereas, you know, I taught her how to defend herself. And if the situation were to ever arise again, she wouldn't become a victim. she would be a warrior. And you know, I think we need to do that as society. offer more free self-defense classes or just teach each other how to protect themselves, make it harder to become a victim. You know, um, we need to make it less easy to victimize people if you know, one offender has victimized 13 women because he stands outside of the bar and waits for them to be drunk, he's going to keep doing it because nobody's stopping him. You know, he hasn't gotten caught by law enforcement. Nobody, you know, has stopped him. None of the women have stopped him. But if we start teaching everyone, men, women, children, to defend themselves, and one day he picks the wrong person and they beat him up, you know, he's going to think twice now, hopefully, but if it happens again and again and again, where men and women stand up for each other and they defend themselves, pretty soon it's going to be harder to victimize people. Um, so this is for women, men, and children. Place power back in the good people and not the bad. Teach those out there that find that it's okay to, and fun to victimize others that it's not so easy anymore. Um, You know, I will say the quote again and again and again. I am iron. I will forge myself. So get out there and forge yourself. Make yourself stronger for your next fight. Make yourself sharper. Be the fire that makes someone else more prepared for battle. Build a nation of fighters, true fighters. People who take action instead of just speaking words on what they believe in. This is KP. I'll talk to you next time. Hey everyone, this is KP, and you're listening to episode four of Writing in the Margins. Go forge yourself. Hey everyone, it's been quite a while since I last made a podcast, uh, but I'm back. I have been so busy and really just had no ambition to record a podcast for a while, but I got a new microphone if you notice a change in the audio. Um, I give that all thanks to my bestie who's out there supporting my dreams. So now that I have this, I'm super excited to start recording again. I have a huge list of topics that I kind of want to touch on. Uh, And I think this episode is going to push a lot uh, into future episodes. I might make this actually a two-parter or go into more detail. So please let me know. Uh, If you don't have my contact information, I have an Instagram. It's at patria underscore girl 76. I will leave it in the description so you can come contact me on there if you have any ideas for podcasts or you have uh, opinions or you even want to collaborate. I'd love to get started talking with other people and getting you on the podcast as well. So this episode is called Go Forge Yourself and it's a little... Bit of a play off of my last episode, The Girl with the Viking Tattoo. I said the quote in there, I am iron and I will forge myself. And that's what this comes from. I'm going to talk about a pretty controversial topic. Um, So if anybody is offended by it um, or they don't agree, please just let me know. I'm not here to like cause you know, cause you any emotional distress or to upset you or anything. This is just my opinion and I think it needs to be said because it could open up for a um, pretty big discussion. So if you don't agree or if you do agree, please let me know. I'd love to start talking with other people about what they think. So this topic is going to be mostly on, um, like, victimization in society. We as society, have been focusing a lot on uh, victims of, like, sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, even things like catcalling. And it's pretty much taken over our social media, I feel like, um, with movements such as the hashtag Me movement or the hashtag I Believe You. Um, I believe there's merit in these different movements, but I also believe that Social media is a big way to be whoever you want, and there's really no, like, holding you to your word from, you know, from what you say on media. So um, this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to call it uh, victimization versus warriorism because I think this is how I want to set the two different kinds of movements apart. Uh, Now, before I go any further, um, I need to say that I am a survivor of an abusive relationship, so I understand where people are coming from. Uh, This man was in my life for more than four years, and he made such a significant impact on who I am today. Many of my mannerisms, uh, my beliefs, my reserves, even my relationships on the daily are a result of... The relationship I had with this toxic individual. So like I said, I understand speaking out against violence. It's not something that needs to be hidden or you need to be ashamed of. Um, And it's not just for women as well. It's for men. So I, you know, just want to throw that caveat out there is I'm not just talking to talk. I understand where these people are coming from. Um, So uh pretty popular trend in society today are marches and parades for certain types of victims. Um, So a couple episodes ago, I talked about the Out of the Darkness Walk. And that was a walk to help end suicide. And I need to set that as apart from what I'm talking about today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Slut Walk here in Denver. I think it happens in other cities as well but I'm only going to talk about what I know. Um, But cancer walks, uh, you know, this this victims of suicide walk, I believe these need to be set apart because they're to more cause like an uplifting spirit, I think, to bring people together for a common cause. Whereas um, the slut walk is um, really to provide a... I don't know, an impact, a, um, an example to end the stigma that your clothes are not consent for rape or sexual assault, anything like that. And I really do agree with this. I don't think, um, any man or woman, depending on what they're wearing should, you know, automatically says that, that they're willing to have sex or whatever, like you need consent. I totally agree with that. Um, but for these marches, the way they get the point across, really, um, at least for a lot of the participants, they wear little to no clothing. Um, if you look it up, there's people that are wearing nothing but pasties or they've just painted over their privates. Um, and yes, it's very dramatic and it gets the point out that, you know, just because they're dressed in literally nothing, doesn't mean they're still consenting to sex. So I understand that. Um, But I also believe there's more effective ways of causing change. Um, I studied history a lot in college. And so I understand the historical context in which a lot of these marches are coming from. I, I understand that it's, you know, this is how change has been started all across the world. So, really, is a place for movements like this. But what I'm trying to get at is this this next part, this taking action part. Because you can say what you want, all you want, um, but it doesn't mean anything's necessarily going to change. And especially the people that are like out here causing rape and different stuff like this, like, they're not going to care if you're out there on the streets prancing around yelling. They're going to keep doing what they're doing because there's the opportunity for it to happen. Um, so this is, I guess, where, where my opinion starts. Um, when I decided to leave my abusive relationship, it was around 2013 and 2014. I was a freshman in college, and I think if you've ever like met anybody in a, that had been in an abusive relationship or uh, you were in one yourself, it's not always easy to leave them, which is why I say like 2013 to 2014, because it did take a while to really kind of remove myself from the situation, um, even though I was, you know, distanced from him. So after I tried to leave, I kind of made this promise to myself to do everything in my power to never be a victim again. I was so blinded by his his abuse and his um, manipulations, I didn't even realize how bad it had gotten until I got out. And I never, ever wanted to be a quote unquote victim again. And I think that's what really sets me apart from the crowd is that I'm not a victim, I'm a survivor. Um, so, since I was in college, you know, you have to take like so many general education courses. And one of them was self defense. So, I jumped at the opportunity to take this self defense class because I wanted to make sure. Uh, I had skills for, you know, if and when he did come back or if somebody like him were ever to come back and try to, you know, make me a victim again. So having the knowledge and being able to practice skills to protect myself uh, in this, in you know, future situations not only changed my opinion of myself, but I felt way more confident. Prior to these classes, I wouldn't go outside after dark, I want to be left alone in rooms with only one other person or even with the door closed. Uh, But after one more class, I felt empowered to walk with my head held high and interact with others. Try and be friends and just be more confident in general. Because I knew that with these new skills, even if somebody did try to victimize me, I had the ability to try and stop it again. Um... So today, I don't know, I often hear women on how they're, like, afraid to walk alone at night because of the threat of being harmed. And yes, like, this threat totally exists. I felt it. I mean, you know, I'm not denying it. Like, it's not even just for women. Men can feel it, too. Everybody feels it. If you're walking alone at night in an alley and you can't see what's ahead of you or what's behind you, you're going to feel a little heightened, you know, in, in... insecurity because you don't like the threat is there it's human nature um but if you have the skills you know if, if somebody were to approach you in this alley if you have the skills to at least defend yourself you can walk with greater confidence and um you know please don't take self-defense classes and just go throw yourself in an alley try and avoid that uh, but If you were ever to find yourself in a situation, I mean, it happens. Even if you don't mean to end up in a situation like that, it happens. Um, But having those skills makes you better prepared to handle it. So ever since taking that first self-defense class, I've like constantly self-educated. I watch YouTube videos on what to do in certain situations. I worked in a psych hospital and they taught you, you know, takedowns and self-defense, which, you know, helped a lot. I try and stay physically fit so that if something, you know, if somebody were to try to harm me, I at least have strength to defend myself. Um, and you know, I just, I maintain situational awareness. I think that's the biggest one is just don't put yourself in those situations to begin with. If somebody's sending you really bad vibes, don't, you know, don't hang out with them or, you know, don't throw yourself in an alley, you know, at night, um, but like I said, it does happen. Um, but in general, I just maintain this warrior spirit. So, you know, I talk a lot about Viking culture and, and maintaining that Viking spirit spirit. Um, I talked about it in the girl with the Viking tattoo and in their culture, Nordic men and women were constantly training and they were always on their feet. Like at any given time, whether you know they were traveling the seas or they were at home, something could go wrong, and everybody had to step up to survive. So, you know, my greatest question is, why can't we do that now? For example, about a year ago, I had a friend tell me she'd been shoved and had her hair pulled by her ex-boyfriend out of anger, and you know, she she said she'd never been more scared, um, and she was afraid to be in a relationship with anyone else because of the way he made her feel. And, you know, while I couldn't take away those feelings for her or even make the situation right, I mean, I could show up at his doorstep and, you know, threaten him or, or hurt him or whatever, but it really wouldn't take away what happened. Um, so instead, I showed her self-defense. It took less than five minutes, and I showed her exactly what to do if anyone ever grabbed her hair again. There's certain techniques for getting somebody to let go of your hair and then putting yourself in a less vulnerable situation. And I mean, it, like I said, less than five minutes out of my day. And after that, she felt so much better. Uh, She couldn't take away the feelings that she did have. um, But she said her fear wasn't what had happened in the moment, but it was what could have happened and how powerless she felt. But now after giving her these tools, she felt, you know, like she had power again. Like if anybody tried to hurt her, she... You know, that power was put back into her hands and she could take control again. So, you know, I didn't go marching around and yelling about how much of an injustice, you know, she experienced and how all the violence needs to stop. Um, Because like I said, the people committing the violence, they won't really care. Her ex-boyfriend, I could text him all I want and he probably wouldn't even think twice about me telling him, you know, what he did was wrong. So instead, I put the power back into her. I educated her. And, you know, now we have, like, this special bond because her and I both understand what it takes to be a survivor, to be that warrior. Uh, Which is going back to the whole victimization versus warriorism. She could go to a march or post on Facebook about, you know, how she'd been hurt. Um, And, you know, yes, it would get her experience out there, but... No change would come. Whereas, you know, I taught her how to defend herself. And if the situation were to ever arise again, she wouldn't become a victim. She would be a warrior. And, you know, I think we need to do that as society. Offer more free self-defense classes or just teach each other how to protect themselves. Make it harder to become a victim. You know, um, we need to make it less easy to victimize people. If, you know, one offender has victimized 13 women because he stands outside of the bar and waits for them to be drunk, he's going to keep doing it because nobody's stopping him. You know, he hasn't gotten caught by law enforcement. Nobody, you know, has stopped him. None of the women have stopped him. But if we start teaching everyone, men, women, children, to defend themselves and one day he picks the wrong person and they beat him up you know he's gonna think twice now hopefully but if it happens again and again and again where men and women stand up for each other and they defend themselves pretty soon it's going to be harder to victimize people um so this is for women men and children place power back in the good people and not the bad Teach those out there that find that it's okay to and fun to victimize others that it's not so easy anymore. Um, you know, I will say the quote again and again and again. I am iron. I will forge myself. So get out there and forge yourself. Make yourself stronger for your next fight. Make yourself sharper. Be the fire that makes someone else more prepared for battle. Build a nation of fighters, true Fighters. People who take action instead of just speaking words on what they believe in. This is KP. I'll talk to you next time. Hey everyone, this is KP, and you're listening to episode 4 of Writing in the Margins. Go forge yourself. Hey everyone, it's been quite a while since I last made a podcast, uh, but I'm back. I have been so busy and really just had no ambition to record a podcast for a while, but I got a new microphone. If you notice a change in the audio, um, I give that all thanks to my bestie who's out there supporting my dreams. So now that I have this, I'm super excited to start recording again. I have a huge list of topics that I kind of want to touch on. uh, And I think this episode is going to push a lot Uh, into future episodes. I might make this actually a two-parter or go into more detail. So please let me know. Uh, If you don't have my contact information, I have an Instagram. It's at patria__girl76. I will leave it in the description so you can come contact me on there if you have any ideas for podcasts or you have uh, opinions or you even want to collaborate Um, I'd love to get started talking with other people and getting you on the podcast as well. So this episode is called Go Forge Yourself, and it's a little bit of a play off of my last episode, The Girl with the Viking Tattoo. I said the quote in there, I am iron and I will forge myself, and that's what this comes from. I'm going to talk about a pretty controversial topic, Um, so if anybody is offended by it, um, or they don't agree, please just let me know. I'm not here to like cause, you know, cause you any emotional distress or to upset you or anything. This is just my opinion. And I think it needs to be said because it could open up for a, um, pretty big discussion. So if you don't agree, or if you do agree, please let me know. I'd love to start talking with other people about what they think. So this topic is going to be mostly on um, like victimization in society. We, as society, have been focusing a lot on uh, victims of like sexual assault, domestic violence, rape, even things like catcalling, um, and it's pretty much taken over our social media. I feel like um, with movements such as the hashtag Me Too movement or the hashtag I Believe You. Um, I believe there's merit in these different movements, but I also believe that social media is a big way to be whoever you want. And there's really no, like, holding you to your word from, you know, from what you say on media. So, um, That's kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to call it uh, victimization versus warriorism because I think this is how I want to set the two different kinds of movements apart. Uh, Now, before I go any further, um, I need to say that I am a survivor of an abusive relationship. So I understand where people are coming from. Uh, This man was in my life for more than four years, and he made such a significant impact on who I am today. Many of my mannerisms, uh, my beliefs, my reserves, even my relationships on the daily are a result of the relationship I had with this toxic individual. So like I said, I understand speaking out against violence. It's not something that needs to be hidden or you need to be ashamed of. Um, And it's not just for women as well, it's for men. So I... You know, just want to throw that caveat out there is I'm not just talking to talk. I understand where these people are coming from. Um, so, a pretty popular tr- trend in society day- today are marches and parades for certain types of victims. Um, so, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the Out of the Darkness Walk, and that was a walk to help in suicide. And I need to set that as apart from what I'm talking about today. Um, I'm going to be talking about the Slut Walk here in Denver. I think it happens in other cities as well, but I'm only gonna talk about what I know. Um, But cancer walks, uh, you know, this, this victims of suicide walk, I believe these need to be set apart because they're to more cause like an uplifting spirit, I think, to bring people together for a common cause. Whereas um, the slut walk is um, really to provide a, I don't know, an impact, a, um, an example to end the stigma that your clothes are not consent for rape or sexual assault, anything like that. And I really do agree with this. I don't think um, any man or woman, depending on what they're wearing, should you know, automatically says that, that they're willing to have sex or whatever. Like you need consent. I totally agree with that. Um, but for these marches, the way they get the point across really, um, at least for a lot of the participants, they wear little to no clothing. Um, if you look it up, there's people that are wearing nothing but pasties or they've just painted over their privates. Um, And yes, it's very dramatic and it gets the point out that, you know, just because they're dressed in literally nothing doesn't mean they're still consenting to sex. So I understand that. Um, But I also believe there's more effective ways of causing change. Um, I studied history a lot in college and so I understand the historical context in which a lot of these marches are coming from. I, I understand that it's, you know, this is how change has been started all across the world. So, really is a place for movements like this. But what I'm trying to get at is this, this next part, this taking action part, because you can say what you want, all you want, Um, But it doesn't mean anything's necessarily going to change. And especially the people that are, like, out here causing rape and different stuff like this. Like, they're not going to care if you're out there on the streets prancing around yelling. They're going to keep doing what they're doing because there's the opportunity for it to happen. Um, So this is, I guess, where, where my opinion starts. Um, when I decided to leave my abusive relationship, it was around 2013 and 2014. I was a freshman in college, and I think if you've ever, like, met anybody in a, that had been in, in an abusive relationship, or, uh, you were in one yourself, it's not always easy to leave them, which is why I say like 2013 to 2014, because it did take a while to really kind of remove myself from the situation, um, even though I was, you know, distance from him. So after I tried to leave, I kind of made this promise to myself to do everything in my power to never be a victim again. I was so blinded by his his abuse and his um manipulations, I didn't even realize how bad it had gotten until I got out. And I never ever wanted to be a quote unquote victim again. And I think that's what really sets me apart from the crowd is that I'm not a victim. I'm a survivor. Um so since I was in college, you know, you have to take like so many general education courses. And one of them was self-defense. So I jumped at the opportunity to take this self-defense class because I wanted to make sure uh, I had skills for, you know, if and when he did come back or if somebody like him were ever to come back and try to, you know, make me a victim again. So having the knowledge and being able to practice skills to protect myself uh, in this, in you know, future Situations not only changed my opinion of myself, but I felt way more confident. Prior to these classes, I wouldn't go outside after dark. I want to be left alone in rooms with only one other person or even with the door closed. Uh, But after one more class, I felt empowered to walk with my head held high and interact with others, try and be friends, and just be more confident in general because I knew that with these new skills, even if somebody did try to victimize me, I had the ability to try and stop it again. Um, So today, I don't know, I often hear women on how they're like afraid to walk alone at night because of the threat of being harmed. And yes, like this threat totally exists. I felt it. I mean, you know, I'm not denying it. Like it's not even just for women. Men can feel it too. Everybody feels it. If you're walking alone at night in an alley and you can't see what's ahead of you or what's behind you, you're going to feel a little heightened, you know, in, in insecurity because you don't, like, the threat is there. It's human nature. Um, but if you have the skills, you know, if, if somebody were to approach you in this alley, if you have the skills to at least defend yourself, you can walk with greater confidence. And, um, you know, please don't, take self-defense classes and just go throw yourself in an alley, try and avoid that. Uh, But if you were ever to find yourself in a situation, I mean, it happens. Even if you don't mean to end up in a situation like that, it happens. Um, But having those skills makes you better prepared to handle it. So ever since taking that first self-defense class, I've like constantly self-educated. I watch YouTube videos on what to do in certain situations. I worked in a psych hospital, and they taught you, you know, takedowns and self-defense, which, you know, helped a lot. I try and stay physically fit so that if something, you know, if somebody were to try to harm me, I at least have strength to defend myself. Um, And, you know, I just, I maintain situational awareness. I think that's the biggest one is just don't put yourself in those situations to begin with. If somebody's sending you really bad vibes, don't you know, don't hang out with them or, you know, don't throw yourself in an alley, you know, at night. Um, but like I said, it does happen. Um, but in general, I just maintain this warrior spirit. So, you know, I talk a lot about Viking culture and, and maintaining that Viking spirit, spirit. Um, I talked about it in the girl with the Viking tattoo and in their culture, Nordic men and women, were constantly training and they were always on their feet like at any given time whether you know they were traveling the seas or they were at home something could go wrong and everybody had to step up to survive so you know my greatest question is why can't we do that now for example about a year ago I had a friend tell me she'd been shoved and had her hair pulled by her ex-boyfriend out of anger and you know she she said she'd never been more scared um And she was afraid to be in a relationship with anyone else because of the way he made her feel. And, you know, while I couldn't take away those feelings for her or even make the situation right, I mean, I could show up at his doorstep and, you know, threaten him or or hurt him or whatever, but it really wouldn't take away what happened. Um, So instead, I showed her self-defense. It took less than five minutes, and I showed her exactly what to do if anyone ever grabbed her hair again. There's certain techniques for getting... Somebody to let go of your hair and then putting yourself in a less vulnerable situation. And I mean, it, like I said, less than five minutes out of my day. And after that, she felt so much better. Uh, she couldn't take away the feelings that she did have. Um, but she said her fear wasn't what had happened in the moment, but it was what could have happened and how powerless she felt. But now after giving her these tools, she felt, you know, like she had power again. Like if anybody tried to hurt her, she, you know, that power was put back into her hands and she could take control again. So, you know, I didn't go marching around and yelling about how much of an injustice, you know, she experienced and how all the violence needs to stop. Um, because like I said, the people committing the violence, they won't really care. Her ex-boyfriend, I could text him all I want, and he probably wouldn't even think twice about me telling him, you know, what he did was wrong. So instead, I put the power back into her. I educated her, and, you know, now we have, like, this special bond because her and I both understand what it takes to be a survivor, to be that warrior, Uh, Which is going back to the whole victimization versus warriorism. She could go to a march or post on Facebook about, you know, how she'd been hurt. Um, And, you know, yes, it would get her experience out there, but no change would come. Whereas, you know, I taught her how to defend herself. And if the situation were to ever arise again, she wouldn't become a victim. She would be a warrior. And, you know, I think we need to do that as society. Offer more free self-defense classes or just teach each other how to protect themselves. Make it harder to become a victim. You know, um, we need to make it less easy to victimize people. If, you know, one offender has victimized 13 women because he stands outside of the bar and waits for them to be drunk... He's going to keep doing it because nobody's stopping him. You know, he hasn't gotten caught by law enforcement. Nobody, you know, has stopped him. None of the women have stopped him. But if we start teaching everyone, men, women, children, to defend themselves, and one day he picks the wrong person and they beat him up, you know, he's going to think twice now, hopefully. But if it happens again and again and again where men and women stand up for each other and they defend themselves, pretty soon it's going to be harder to victimize people. Um, so this is for women, men, and children. Place power back in the good people and not the bad. Teach those out there that find that it's okay to and fun to victimize others that it's not so easy anymore. Um, you know, I will say the quote again and again and again. I am iron. I will forge myself. So get out there and forge yourself. Make yourself stronger for your next fight. Make yourself sharper. Be the fire that makes someone else more prepared for battle. Build a nation of fighters, true fighters, people who take action instead of just speaking words on what they believe in. This is KP. I'll talk to you next time. Hey everyone, this is KP, and you're listening to episode four of Writing in the Margins. Go forge yourself.